The following message is a teaching by Dr. Jason DeRoshi, professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find more information about Jason at www.jasonderoshi.com. Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Jason DeRushi to the podcast. Dr. DeRushi serves as professor of Old Testament and biblical theology at Bethlehem College and Seminary. Dr. DeRushi, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. Thanks. Delighted to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on the program today. We're going to be talking about preaching Deuteronomy, and uh, look forward to that. As as I mentioned to you before the recording, we, we have a series going where we're interviewing different authors on preaching different books of the Bible, and you have written on Deuteronomy, and so have been looking forward to this conversation here for a couple of weeks, and uh, we trust it'll be helpful to uh, to our listeners as well. Before we get into that, let's uh, familiarize our listeners with you and your ministry and your your background. So, so tell us what's uh, uh, tell us about yourself a touch. Sure. I've been married to Teresa for 24 years, and we have six children, 9 to 19. Uh, the youngest three all came from Ethiopia. I'm an elder at Bethlehem Baptist. I have been serving one particular Sunday school class for 13 years, just walking them through every week uh, in the Old Testament. It's really a passion of mine. Um, it really is what drives me to make much of Christ and to nurture hope in the gospel from the initial three-fourths of the Bible. And then I also serve, as you said, as professor of Old Testament biblical theology at Bethlehem College and Seminary, specifically focused in the seminary training future elders, uh, and it's just a joy for me. Uh, along with that, I have just an awakened heart for the nations. Our youngest three children, as I said, came from Ethiopia. I return there annually um, to train pastors to engage in orphan care, and then I, I just love that God has put me in a place where I get to write, and it's just a passion of mine to um, communicate, especially from the initial three-fourths of the Bible, how all of Scripture progresses, integrates, and climaxes in Jesus. So tell us a bit more about your writing ministry, both what you have out and uh, what is forthcoming. Sure. Uh, well, I have a first-year Hebrew grammar that doesn't touch many. Um, where I focused a good amount of attention was in an Old Testament survey, what the Old Testament authors really cared about. It's book-by-book book and thematic, multi-author, so I was the editor. Um, I edited a, a larger volume on the book of Deuteronomy called For Our Good Always, and then just recently, uh, two years ago, was published How to Understand and Apply the Old Testament, 12 Steps from Exegesis to Theology. I have been, um, most recently, a smaller commentary on Zephaniah in uh, Crossway's new expository commentary in the Old Testament. I've got a multi-year Zephaniah project for the Zondervan Exegetical Commentary in the Old Testament that I'm trying to wrap up in the next several months, and then... Um, with Oren Martin and Andy Maselli, uh, two partners, we are uh, right now trying to put together a 40 questions on biblical theology that we hope will come out in the next couple of years. Good for you. 
Tell us about your appreciation for the Old Testament. Did you go to seminary uh, intending to do a PhD in the Old Testament? Did that develop over the years? And a word of context, uh, you and I overlapped for, I guess, a few years in Louisville. I went in 2001 to Southern Seminary, began my MDiv in the fall of 01, and then ultimately did a PhD degree there as well. Um, so, so I didn't really know you personally. As I mentioned before we began recording, I heard you uh, deliver a guest lecture for Dan Block. I guess that was the fall of 01, as I recall. But uh, but anyway, yeah, tell us tell us a bit about yourself as far as your love for the Old Testament. How, how did that develop? Well, I married a girl who had had a pastor that preached well from the Old Testament and through whom she had met a beautiful God. And uh, then as I was going through seminary, um, I had a number of figures, a number of Old Testament professors that seemed to know their New Testaments better than my New Testament professors knew their old. And it wasn't always that way, but it seemed to be a tendency, and I really wanted to be a whole Bible guy. I always loved the Church. I've been committed to do what I do for the sake of the Church, and um, yet to have the opportunity to study the initial three-fourths of the Christian Scriptures, uh, to be able to focus there more intently having grown up in a church where I heard a lot of New Testament stuff, but not a lot of old, I just committed myself really early to um, trying to be a, a whole Bible guy that focused on Jesus' Bible, the Old Testament scriptures principally. And so, no, I didn't start seminary certain that I would go on to academic ministry, but I wondered about it, and I had a professor at Gordon-Conwell, which is where I did my Master of Divinity degree, uh, who knew what it would take to get a Ph.D., and he was willing to walk with me to see how God had wired me. And as I, as I went through seminary, I just continued to have this um, increasing desire to be engaged in academic ministry, and there was a number of different points of confirmation. I ended up going to Southern Seminary, as you said, for my Ph.D., focused on uh, Old Testament literature was my primary area, but then I kept my hand in, in whole Bible. I was also a New Testament theology minor and then Old Testament language minor, and uh, ended up writing my dissertation in the book of Deuteronomy, trying to tr- learn how to track Moses' flow of thought when most clauses in the Hebrew text begin with and. And so it's that's where I focused uh, a fair amount of attention, and it's just been a growing passion for me, especially over the last 14 years. 14 years ago, when I started academic ministry uh, after graduating, I, I met I had one meeting with John Piper, and he had Justin Taylor with him, and I was just sharing about the glory of God and how much I had been influenced by his ministry. And Justin said one line that really pierced my soul and and set a trajectory for me that I'm still walking 14 years later. He simply said, I hear a lot about God's glory and very little about Jesus. Mm. And God used that um, a decade and a half ago to reawaken within me a, a heart for the Lord, a heart for Jesus in particular, and so it's been it's been just a a growth for me in trying to understand how to faithfully magnify the Messiah from Jesus's Bible, which was the Old Testament. Well, hey, that's a great segue to the book of De- Deuteronomy in particular. 
So I guess at the, the macro level, why should pastors consider preaching through Deuteronomy? Well, it was one of Jesus' favorite books, and Paul's for that matter. It's, it's quoted right alongside of Isaiah and the Psalms um, at the top of the list for if we just count the number of quotations and allusions. And the reason I think it's that way is because Deuteronomy, even more than Genesis through Numbers, provided what I like to call the Constitution of the United Tribes of Israel. It was the benchmark document that colored the history that we read in the Old Testament. All of the kings were judged on the basis of Deuteronomy's law in particular. The prophets were proclaiming not fresh words. They had their Bibles open, and they were preaching from Moses. They were indicting the people for sin in accordance with how they lined up to Moses' law, and they were proclaiming promises of blessing and promises of curse that came directly out of, old, out of the Old Testament. Then with that, we've got all the wisdom books, and wisdom is grounded in the fear of the Lord, and it is Moses as a preacher who called Israel to fear God first. And so the wisdom tradition in Israel grows right out of a book like Deuteronomy. And so it's and, and then I would add this, that more than any other book in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy shapes the trajectory for salvation history. Moses himself understood that he was proclaiming a law that would ultimately destroy Israel rather than nurture life. He understood that the law that he was proclaiming was a good law, and yet that it would condemn Israel, that they would enter into the land, flee from this law, and he himself, in the book of Deuteronomy, foresaw their destruction, and then after exile, he foresaw their reawakening as God would intrude into their lives, transform hearts, and ultimately, through a prophet like Moses, initiate a new covenant with a people who now, for the first time, were able to hear and obey. And for Christians, uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 8, is very significant. Just two verses after Moses says, in that future day, after exile, God will circumcise your heart so that you can love him with all. What Moses says is that they will turn to the Lord their God, and they will hear his voice, and then he says they will obey all that he is commanding him today. And that's, that's just a striking comment, that in the day of heart circumcision, and Paul says in Romans 2, that's where we are living today. As believers, God has transformed our hearts, filled us with His Spirit, circumcised us. And in that context, Deuteronomy, Moses said, should matter for Christians. Dr. Derushi, let me pause you there uh, just for a brief word of update from Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest-growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging Word 
into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu slash mdiv today. All right, I'm back in the studio with Dr. Jason Derushi talking about preaching the book of Deuteronomy. So have you preached through or taught through the book of Deuteronomy in your own ministry? I have. Uh, I have um, spent three years walking with my my Sunday school class uh, through Deuteronomy 5 through 11, and then I've preached numerous sermons uh, from this text in different places that I've been. And then for me as a dad, one of the factors, um, I think it was about five years ago, my wife just said, Jason, you love Deuteronomy, and I would just love to see you increasingly become what she called at that time a Deuteronomy dad, uh, one who is repeatedly instructing my kids and talking about God's Word when I sit in the house, when I walk by the way, when I lie down, when I rise. And it's it's been an uh, intentional part of my ministry, both in the classroom, in the pulpit, and then in my home. Good for you. So if you're going to preach through the book of Deuteronomy, tell our listeners what are some of the the key exegetical or, or theological difficulties or challenges that uh, one needs to be mindful of? Well, the fact that we're dealing with a law um, naturally raises issues. It's the law of Moses that, that Paul, when we listen to him talk about Moses, we hear what would, would seem like a two-sided voice on the one, time, on the one side, text like Romans 2.20, he simply says, we have in the law the embodiment of all knowledge and truth. Or Romans 7.12, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. But then he can say in Galatians 3.12 that the law of Moses is not of faith. So one of the biggest challenges for we as preachers is trying to understand how are we supposed to faithfully approach the law. And do it in a way that um, magnifies Jesus, ultimately. So for me, as a starting point, I, I just go to Moses, and I realize he makes the right kind of a plea. He calls people to love the Lord with all, and that's the right thing to do. God is worthy of that kind of whole life surrender, and Jesus himself, in texts like Mark 12, reinforces that by simply citing Moses' statement and, and affirming this is who we're supposed to be. But that plea, what's so distinctive is that the right kind of plea doesn't mean Israel was empowered to do such a thing. There was an oughtness, but there was not a canness. Because God says in Deuteronomy 29, the Lord hasn't given you, Israel, eyes to see or ears to hear or a heart to know him. And that's really the color for Israel. So when, when Paul says the law is not of faith, I think he's talking from a salvation historical perspective that the law as Moses delivered it was not delivered to a people in whom there was faith. They were rebellious, stubborn, and unbelieving. Those are the Moses' three most common um, words to describe this people in the book. Rebellious, stubborn, and unbelieving. And so we as preachers need to go into the book looking for the truth that Paul tells us we should find there, yet also recognizing that 
we are approaching this book, if, if we approach it apart from Jesus, it's going to be a book that will kill, just like it did for Israel. But through Jesus, everything changes. Um, he fulfills this law. This is a, a book where, as we're walking through it, we are encountering the ideal portrait of the obedience of our Savior. And so I, I, my first walk through Deuteronomy is one where I am celebrating the work of Christ. Far before I ever am looking for how I'm supposed to live, I'm celebrating that Christ has lived on my behalf. And it's a book moving me to celebrate justification by grace alone, through faith alone, Christ's righteousness counted as mine, one who came and lived out this law in a way that the people he represented never could. So you've mentioned how frequently Christ quoted or alluded to the book of Deuteronomy. You've mentioned about you know, preaching Christ from Deuteronomy. Help our listeners to understand how, how best to connect uh, to Christ from the book of Deuteronomy. What, what dots to connect, what lines to draw. Help us to think through this. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. There's a handful of different ways that one could faithfully go about it. You could look at specific laws and consider how is it that Jesus obeyed this law? Or just generally, you could think about the specific regulations and just celebrate that the, that Jesus came and completely honored God in his obedience, honored God in faithfully carrying out the law in a way that it can now be counted as our own obedience. So the first step would just be seeing in the law every single commandment that Moses gives, an ideal picture of what it looks like to glorify God, and then just celebrating that Jesus was one who did that on our behalf. Second, I would see Jesus in Deuteronomy 18.15, where Moses specifically is told, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you, Moses, from among your brothers. And it is to him the people need to listen. Now, many people do uh, treat this as a prediction of a whole train of prophets that would culminate in Jesus. But in the context, what's recalled is Moses' mediation 40 years earlier. And no other prophet in the history of Israel was a mediator of a covenant. They were merely enforcers of a covenant. So I think Deuteronomy 18 is truly looking for a particular prophet who would mediate a covenant, and in doing so, replace the covenant that God had made with Moses. And Jesus is that one. He is the ultimate prophet, like Moses, the new covenant mediator. So in Moses' call in Deuteronomy 18... Uh, that people are supposed to listen to this prophet. Those were the exact words that God gave um, when Moses and Elijah were standing next to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my son, listen to him. So as we're uh, moving through the book of Deuteronomy, when we're seeing Moses portrayed, we're seeing a portrait of one who anticipates the type of covenant mediator that Jesus is. Third, I would simply say, Moses portrays the story of salvation. The nation of Israel will enter into the land, they will rebel, they will enter into curse and be exiled, 
and then they will be returned. And right in the midst of that return, we know now, more clearly than Moses even did, that Jesus is the one who brings that restoration. So I, as a preacher, as I'm walking through this book, wanting my my people to understand the scope of salvation history as Moses saw it, the prophet like Moses is a key player, and that prophet is Jesus. And then finally, fourth, fourth way, I would simply say that the law still matters for Christians, but only in light of Jesus' fulfillment. None of the law of Moses has direct binding on the believer, but all the law still matters for us when read in light of what Christ has done. And so we gain great clarity on how wide and how deep love for God and for neighbor is when we read this book. And so, working through the lens and the light of Christ, we can, as Paul says to Timothy, find words here for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training. Even though it's Old Covenant material, it is Christian scripture that, when read through Christ, can still give us a wise path for understanding who we are supposed to be in God's world. And there are challenges in trying to discern how we're supposed to read each individual law, and that could be another podcast. But my point is simply, working through the lens of Christ, in light of the power of the Spirit of Christ working in us, Deuteronomy can help guide us more clearly in a path of love. Very helpful. So pulling this together, what would be some resources you would encourage pastors uh, to, to, to access as they're seeking to, to learn and to preach the book of Deuteronomy? Good question. The best commentary on the book of Deuteronomy, I believe, is Daniel Block's Deuteronomy in the New International, uh, in the NIV application commentary series. But when one goes there, um, one would need to know that Block does uh, approach the book a little differently than I'm even proposing. Um, he does not major on the fact that uh, Moses understood the law to bear a ministry of condemnation. And I think that it's quite clear that he does. Second resource that I would go to would be um, Gary Millar's uh, works, and he's written a, a handful of books, um, one of which is in the New Studies in Biblical Theology series, and I, the name of it actually fails me, um, but it's specifically a, a Biblical Theology of Deuteronomy, and it is quite helpful in just overviewing the key themes the message, and Millar does a faithful job in identifying both the law's destructive role for the people of Israel and its lasting relevance for the Church. Very good. Well, Dr. DeRusci, time has flown by. Let me come back to you perhaps for a final word of encouragement or exhortation to our listeners on, uh, on preaching the book of Deuteronomy. My encouragement would be to boldly enter in 
recognizing that Moses makes a beautiful plea, that Israel had a real problem, and that God in this book makes glorious promises that the hearts of people would be changed, and we are participators in that reality. Preaching Deuteronomy gives us an opportunity to magnify the perfect obedience of Jesus as our justifier and the perfect empowerment that Jesus purchased for us as one who can live out a life of love. Well done. Dr. Darushi, thank you so much uh, for your time today and for helping us to understand preaching Deuteronomy. May the Lord richly bless you and your ministry there at Bethlehem College and Seminary. Thank you very much. It's a joy to be with you. Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com. Thank you for listening to this message from the ministry of Dr. Jason DeRoshi, professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Jason DeRoshi. For more information on Bethlehem College and Seminary, we invite you to visit online at www.bcsmn.edu. For more information on Dr. DeRoshi, visit online at www.jasonderoshi.com. Proclaiming the kingdom and treasuring a God who reigns, saves, and satisfies through covenant for his glory in Christ.